This week's podcast brought to you by newspapers. So a local high school recently, the principal banned cell phones from the cafeteria because he was going in and realizing that all the kids at lunch, instead of talking to one another, were doing stuff on their cell phones. And it got me thinking to when you and I were dating, both living in New York City, and one morning we met at a diner on the Upper West Side for breakfast. And as we're walking to the diner, you stopped and picked up the Sunday newspaper. We went into the diner, we ordered our breakfast, and you proceeded to open the newspaper and start reading it, completely ignoring me. And I remember at the time thinking, this is unbelievably rude. And then later on in hindsight, I wished I'd just gotten up and left because not only did you open the newspaper and ignore me, you never offered me a section to read. So it was sort of the early 2000s equivalent of kids probably now going on dates, taking out their cell phones, because that must be more interesting than the person across from them. And clearly, the Sunday Times was more interesting to you than the person sitting across from you. I'm sure I offer you the want ads. has no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane, who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Last week in the mail, I got something addressed to our family where we got to be Nielsen, do the Nielsen ratings. The fun part of it for me was filling out the demographic portion. And you and I are in different demographics, by the way. We are, neither of us are in the coveted 18 to 34, but I am in the middle demo and you are in the old man demo. (laughs) It's been many years since I've been in a coveted anything. (laughs) Certainly not a coveted demo. So it's been funny. A lot of things have kind of made me realize lately that I'm getting older. And it's not just waking up sore from doing nothing. It, uh, it is when I was at the SEC Media Day for women's basketball a couple of weeks ago, and um, we were doing these fun segments with some of the players. And one of the questions I was asking was, you know, tell me some of the songs on your pregame playlist. And I was talking to Mercedes Russell, a, a great center for the Tennessee Lady Vols. So she named a few. And then she said, there's more, but you wouldn't know who they are. And I just looked at her and I said, why? Because I'm old. And she smiled and answered, yes. <laughs> And then my friend LaChina Robinson had posted a, a story on Instagram and it had music and this song. It had a really catchy uh, chorus, it, Shake Your Laffy Taffy. And so I sent her a message. I said, is this song new? And she laughed and said, oh, no, it's not new. And I looked it up. It was from like 2005 or 2006. So, yeah, I'm about 11 years behind. Do you mean to tell me that they're not listening to Cat Stevens on vinyl I know, as you are? I know. That's true. I mean, I we we still listen to a lot of stuff from when we were growing up. For you, that was the seventies. For me, that was also the eighties. And we listened to also a mix of that, a mix of please, that. And please, I also grew up in the eighties. Give me a break. I mean, but our our 
our formative, super young years. But we also listen to whatever our kids are listening to. And right now, for our daughter, that is Harry Styles, One Direction, Niall Horan. You know, whatever is on the top 40 on XM Sirius Radio is what we're listening to via them in the car. But, but yeah, no Laffy Taffy. I also got something in the mail that made me feel older. It was an ARP invitation, an invitation <laughs> to join AARP, which I ignored and put it in the recycling. And then I put several more in the recycling. And then I put a few in the shredder. They're relentless. I threw, it's like the invitation to Hogwarts. Eventually, <laughs> they just came down the chimney. They were flying in through the letterbox. We don't even have a letterbox. It, they also do that thing where they try to trick you, you know, credit card inside or, you know, no, something No, 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 not a credit inside. card inside. What is inside is if you sign up now, you get a fanny pack. <laughs> but... <laughs> But they have on the envelope. If you didn't feel old enough, (laughs) in addition to the ARP card, if you act now, (laughs) you'll get a fanny pack, black socks, a pair of sandals. Yeah, it's, it's, we're not. And a a blank death certificate. (laughs) It's not Sports Illustrated of the 90s anymore, where you got the sneaker phone and that was enticing. The football phone, the sneaker uh, phone. What did ESPN the magazine give away? They gave away Uh, like blankets or nobody's giving anything away. Listen, (laughs) the greatest thing when, when Sports Illustrated was giving away sneaker phones and football phones, a fellow alumnus of John F. Kennedy High School, Kent Herbeck, I was in the Twins Clubhouse. This would have been like 1992. And he asked me, he'd been taking, getting, subscribing to Sports Illustrated for seven years at that point, but how do you get the free, you know, video or the, or the sneaker phone? Do you have to cancel your subscription and re-up? He was asking you this? Yes, and people wanted that thing, and, and I regret now that I don't have a sneaker phone. I'll look it up on eBay and see if I can get one. I'll have to say, though, on Halloween, when we lost power, right as kids are out and about trick-or-treating, at some point, as if it's not sort of haunting enough that we have no power and it's dark outside, the rotary dial telephone that you purchased off of eBay started ringing. And it was the only house, the only phone in our house that worked because the other phones plug in. And uh, so I answered it and it was the alarm company. And they were saying, we're just calling to let you know that your power is out. And I said, well, yes, I'm answering this on a rotary phone. So I'm well aware that my power is out and you just called me on the whole phone. Hey, thank God for the rotary dial phone. B, I was hoping you would say after the power went out on Halloween, you answered the rotary dial phone and the call was coming from inside the house. (laughs) Exactly. Well, that's what it felt like it should be. But no, it was outside the house, much like you with our kids who were trick-or-treating. But uh, the other thing that's kind of... But speaking of trick-or-treating, our daughter had a great experience on Halloween. (laughs) Tell that story. Well, we did not take our oldest daughter out trick-or-treating. She was with a friend in the neighborhood. And our oldest daughter is going to be 13 in December, already six feet tall, with a similar structure to mine in that she is tall and long. And uh, she was dressed as a 70s girl. She had one of her friends went as somebody from the 60s. One of her friends went as somebody from the 80s. So she was just wearing like bell-bottom jeans and a t-shirt. But she came home to tell us that uh, as she was trick-or-treating, somebody who did not know her, she did not know them, I believe it was an adult, asked her, oh, are you going as Rebecca Lobo? And uh, she was not wearing a jersey. She was not a basketball player. She was just going as an extraordinary tall female. So I guess that's a costume. Well, (laughs) given your experience with young people, it would have to be an adult to know who you were. That's true. I mean, so when I was still playing basketball, kids would come up and ask for my autograph. 
And then uh, after I retired, soon after retiring from basketball, from playing, I would have people come up and say, um, you know, I've, can I get your autograph? This is for my mother. She's a big fan of yours. Well, just recently, we were at the Connecticut Open, the Tennis Open, back in August, I believe. And I spoke at this, at this thing where there's a bunch of high school girls there. And the first girl came over and asked me for my autograph. And she said, this is for my grandmother. She's a big fan of yours. And if that wasn't enough of a kind of a knife to me, the next person who was not with the first girl, but was also in high school, also said to me, can you sign an autograph? for my grandmother. I'm big with the grandmas now. So that's that's a good thing for me to know. <laughs> you also get the thing where kids ask for your autograph or to have a picture taken with you, but they're often pushed forward by their mom oh, yeah, it's, who it's, has to explain to them who you are brutal, directly in front of you. I mean, I, I retired in 2003, so that's 14 years ago. So if a child is 14 or younger, they have... They were not alive when I was playing. If they're 20 or younger, they don't have a memory. Even if they were alive, they don't have a memory of watching They don't know me. who Michael Jordan is. They don't know who anybody is. Although I like that, that you throw that in there. But uh, yeah, the, the parents, you know, push them ahead and, oh, she played for UConn. And, uh, oh, it's just uh, the poor kids. But the most, the most devastating uh, manifestation of aging, of an aging athlete is the way things that you get in the mail have changed well, over time. Well, we're kind of experiencing this. My dad is, is going to be moving out of the place where he lives. And so one of the things when people move, um, especially if they're moving somewhere smaller, is they're trying to get rid of their stuff. So he had us come over and lucky for us, some of the things that we came away with were, were LPs, a bunch of record albums that he and my mom had when they were kids or even when we were kids. So, you know, people try to get rid of their stuff. And this started happening a few years ago. Just in in the mail, I open a a box, and inside is a Yukon 1995 National Championship T-shirt, signed in Sharpie by me and all of my teammates. But it's all completely faded, and a note inside saying, "I no longer want this, but I thought you might like it." And it didn't stop there. Just even this past, a few months ago, somebody that we know in town said, uh, my mother was cleaning out her basement and she has your bobblehead and I thought you might like it back. So the indignity of people now returning stuff, it's not like I gave it to them. They're returning stuff that they accumulated that is associated with me that they no longer want. Why? buy postage to return your own autograph to you. <laughs> I don't even know. the biggest narcissist. I don't know. Could they possibly want their own autograph? Yeah, even somebody uh, who I work with at ESPN uh, was cleaning out her office last year during March Madness and she came down to the studio and handed me this framed picture of the national team that that I was on and uh, thought I might like it. So we've had um, we've had that where people I remember coming home <laughs> once and there was a giant poster but it was on thick board it was a it was a blown up photograph giant. of you giant leaning against our front door or our garage door it looked like something that would be on an easel at a dictator's wake <laughs> what do, what do we do with that I fortunately you had it mounted above the headboard on that's your christmas present this year yeah no i i don't know exactly what to do with these things and i i appreciate that other people don't want to throw them away it's kind of like leftovers for us. I cook stuff. And um, when I was a kid growing up, if my mom made something, 
put the leftovers in the fridge. We were kind of fighting over it the next day for lunch or something. It was so much better than a sandwich. You don't eat leftovers. We put them in the fridge. And as you say, the refrigerator just becomes... We refrigerate our garbage. Yeah. It goes in there. You don't eat it. Nobody eats it. And so then, you know, when it's no longer good, a few days later, we throw it away. And that's what this stuff has become. I am I, I am now the refrigerator for the garbage because it's going to come to me. And if I have the heart to throw it away, I will. But if I don't, it's just going to be hanging out here until at some point our kids, when we're old or no longer here, are going to be forced to it's nice that people get have, rid of this stuff. People kept scrapbooks of your career, of various points in your career, then mailed them back to you, <laughs> which is nice. <laughs> But we're not yet old enough that we're spending days by the fireside flipping through scrapbooks with a no. single tear rolling down. Right. I don't, I, don't know that that, I don't know that that day will come. And it still can't surpass some of the cool stuff that people sent oh. to me when I was young. And it was kind of their gifts, you know, their fan gifts, I suppose. And one of the, my favorite ones was given to me back in 1995. It's this beautiful... Yukon rocking horse that somebody made by hand and then painted. It's beautiful. It's a husky dog. It's a husky dog. Yeah. And it's it's spectacular. And, and, and all of our kids when they were little would get on and, and rock back and forth on it. And uh, we still have it. And that thing is going to be passed down. That's absolutely beautiful. However, one of the more interesting and weirdest gifts, I don't even know if this was a gift. I don't know if it was an idea for a business. <laughs> But someone sent me what they build as a female jockstrap. <laughs> and I, I still don't know exactly how it worked because I didn't try it on. But they felt that if men needed a jockstrap, then perhaps women needed one too. A Jill strap. A j- <laughs> yes, yes, a Jill strap. And, um, and mailed it to me. I think I w- had just graduated college at the time. And um, I'll just say that, uh, no, indeed, there's not a market for I, such a thing. <laughs> I don't think that was a, a business proposal so much as a, as a predator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that one. Um, I actually, I, I think I still have it. I hope I do, because uh, that one, that one should... Um, should be set aside and savored. <laughs> I think we will someday sit by the fireside and look at the Jill strap when we're elderly, yeah. <laughs> which we are now. But in fairness, you also, uh, people sent you oil paintings and portraits of yourself, all kinds of stuff that our basement for a while looked like Citizen Kane's warehouse. All of it, stuff that people had sent you before they started sending it back. You know, not not to go back to this from our first podcast, but all of those people put more thought and effort into gifts. No question. Than than you ever have. So thank you, people. In, in my defense, one of those framed oil portraits of you was was done by me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It would be interesting now that I think about this. If you started sending that stuff back to those people, right. thank you. I've enjoyed this for 15 years. I thought you might like to have it back. We're downsizing. I no longer look like this or um, add a few bags under the eyes and uh, and then return it. No, that's actually a good idea because I still do have most of that stuff that people have sent. As you said, just kind of taking up space in the basement. So good idea. Some of it is weird, though. And I've gotten weird letters and, and well, any anybody who 
as a sports writer gets angry mail and there's a lot of uh, I've gotten a lot of nice mail I don't want to act like this is the wheelhouse of, of the mail but um, you know for a while it was a lot of letters from prisoners I think magazines were were big in prison libraries and I would get a weekly uh, football picks from inmate 065 stroke f93 I once got an email a very nice complimentary email and uh, there was an attachment a JPEG attached and the, the, the file was called menu D or or menu day or something like that and before I opened it just as I was about to open it I realized that M-E-N-U-D-E was me nude Was this from a men's prison or a women's prison? It wasn't from a prison. It was it was from a, a guy oh, out was... in TV land just reading. It was, you didn't it, open it? it was, I didn't open it. Oh, that would have been fascinating. Well, it, it's probably buried in my archive somewhere. That, that reminds me, when I was playing with the New York Liberty, my teammate Kim Hampton, we used to laugh because we would all open our, our mail together in the locker room, and she used to get this mail from from all kinds of men. And oftentimes it was guys who were in like ridiculous, I don't know if there's such thing as male lingerie, but they're in their, their little cute underpants and taking pictures of themselves. Were, were, they, and, were, they, were any of them wearing a male Jill yes. strap? <laughs> no, not, not to her, perhaps to some of my other teammates. But, uh, but yeah, some, and these guys are, you know, they've clearly squeezed their, themselves into these, you know, little... <laughs> briefs and um would send pictures to kim <laughs> and uh we would always laugh because kim would have all, all this mail from these guys and and i'd be opening up mail from you know little kids <laughs> and uh and you know basically you could look at the teammates and go around the room and know what demographic was sending that player mail but even in your first blush of youth at age 21 or 22 you were getting a lot of mail from grandmothers weren't you Oh yeah, I'm, I've always I've always been big with the grandmas. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, that's a good thing, right? When some of you may be old enough to remember Larry King's column in USA Today, his dot 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 column full of items like uh, "For my money, you can't beat Thousand Island dressing, folks." Dot dot dot. And there would be an, it was just a column of items like that. Classic, uh, much loved, long missed column. And I remember one of those items was. To the person who keeps sending me his fingernail clippings in the mail, please stop. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I've never received fingernail clippings. Well, now I know what to get you. This holiday <laughs> now, season. Now you know what to get me. But I have I have no no problem with the whole notion of getting older. I have no problem, you know, not knowing what the kids are listening to these days. And uh, I was thinking about this recently too. Is like. My mom, when we were, when I was a kid growing up, like everyone respected my mom, but she was also the mom that kids were sort of afraid of a little bit because she was no nonsense. She would call people on their BS. She worked in a school, so she kind of knew what the kids, what kids were trying to do to get over. I was and remain terrified of your mom. Yes. <laughs> She's been, she passed away six years ago, but I'm glad you are still terrified but of her. But only six years ago. <laughs> oh, that's no. terrible. I, I love your mom. You know that. Oh, I, my gosh. Please, God forgive me. Yes. No, you did love her, and she loved you. But I want i want to be that mom. I want kids to have a little bit of fear when they're around me. I don't want them to think that, you know, I'm not trying to be any 
kid's best friend. And you're succeeding. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But uh, I mean, we talked about this in the last podcast. It's a delineation of respect. You know, I want to have it. I don't, you know, I don't want kids thinking they're going to come to our house when they're in high school and, and that if they walk in with a Gatorade bottle that I'm not going to assume that there's something in it besides Gatorade. Like, I'm not messing around with that stuff. And, uh, you know, I want to be as formidable as my mother was in her heyday. This is from your mom, who backed up her threats. We, we issue a lot of empty threats to our children. Um, I, try to, I try to back them up more than you do. But oh, please, if your mother said, stop that now or you'll get out and walk, you were getting out and walking. Oh, Am my, I wrong? My mother, one time driving home from church of all places, and, and we can relate to this now because like, our kids fight the worst on the way to church and on the way home. But uh, we're driving home, and my brother and my sister and I, I have an older brother, older sister, we're just bickering in the back of the station wagon. And uh, yes, yeah, stop bickering or I'm gonna get, you're going to get out of the car. And about a mile from our house, we were continuing to bicker, and she just pulled the car over and said, get out and walk. We did. She pulled away, drove home. There was no my dad then getting in the car and coming back to see if we were okay. No, we had to walk our butts home. And the lesson was learned that she was going to follow through no matter what uh, what the threat was. And of course, she would be arrested for that. Probably. Today. Probably. <laughs> she often acknowledged that she would be arrested for that today. Another thing my mom never let us do was she never let us win. So if we were playing a board game, she wouldn't just let us win. My gr- both my grandmothers, my mom's mom was really good ping pong player, really good wiffle ball. My dad's mom candle pin bowling. Yeah, candle pin bowling, cribbage. My my grandmother would cheat at cribbage when she was playing against her grandkids. She wanted to win. She would when we were kids, you didn't you knew you weren't a good ping pong player until you were in middle school and could actually beat my grandmother at ping pong. My mom wasn't a great athlete, but you know whether we're playing Boggle or Scrabble or whatever, she never let us win. In certain cases, she was an abysmal athlete. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> she did. Wiffle ball. She was terrible at wiffle ball, and she did split her lip open in her adult years, showing us how she once was a baton twirler. But anyway. She this flung is- the baton in the air. And that those rubber ends of the baton had hardened into a calcified into a and it's, hard. Yeah, it split her lip. But... This is where you and I differ because you let our kids win. If they're playing board games, you let them win. If they're playing, if you're outside playing basketball, you let them win. And I don't really let them win. I mean, I'll not if I'm playing memory with our seven-year-old. I'm going to make it close, but I'm not going to just let her win. Although there's sometimes where she can beat me because seven-year-olds have a pretty great memory flipping over those little cards. But you let them win almost all the time, and. I think they need to kind of earn that as they get older when they can actually beat you. It's it's they know if you're letting them win or not. As a newly eligible ARP member, <laughs> I cannot beat my kids at any memory games and it's getting close to where I can't beat them at basketball. <laughs> if I try to go up for a for a layup, the fanny pack weighs me down. <laughs> but do you always let them win? I do more often than not, but um it makes and, my life easier. But it's not about that. You got to like teach them I will tell you, my dad and my dad didn't play basketball after grade school or maybe in middle school. I don't know. He was a football player. He was built like a, a brick 
outhouse, let's say, and he would just body me off away from the basket in the driveway, and, and he never let me win. And my, it wasn't until I was 14 or 15 that I could finally beat him in basketball. And he, again, he had no basketball skills whatsoever. He was a football player. Um, did that make me better? I definitely remember beating him for the first time. Our kids won't remember. They'll never. Re- they won't remember beating you for the first time because the, all they'll all they'll remember is beating you every single time they played you. There's something about making them earn it, and I'm going to continue to make them earn it. Well, basketball season is starting for our kids. Soccer season has just ended. Putting away the giant water jug that our son took to all of his soccer games, and now pulling out the the slides, the the shower sandals that the kids wear. To their basketball games before putting on their their sneak their basketball shoes and this got me thinking about how much the little league sporting good industrial complex has changed since we were kids you require all this equipment now for sports when there was none when we were kids the thing that leaps out most to me is little league baseball what did you get when you played baseball or softball as a kid in terms of equipment uniform. Are you first of all the only thing your parents purchased for you you, you got a glove and you got cleats you didn't have to buy anything other than that and then you would go to practice or you you practice in your in your jeans and a t-shirt and then for games you got a, a t-shirt that was sponsored so for us it was big ed supermarket or whatever in mrs murphy's donuts was it really big ed supermarket yeah, there we had a Big Ed supermarket, Big E's, but the guy was Big Ed. So Big E's supermarket or Mrs. Murphy's Donuts or the Summer House. Chico's Bail Bonds. Yeah. yeah did you get Chico's. a hat also? I think we did get a hat. Yeah, but it wasn't. I mean, it was. It was not a Major League Baseball No, hat. it was a snapback with the iron-on kind of logo of that local business on it. I was stunned when our oldest started playing Little League and you get the list of stuff you have to get. They have to bring their own bat. They have to bring their own helmet. And we just shared the helmets, you know, lice be damned. You shared the helmet with everybody else on the team. You You were lucky to get lice from from a (laughs) kid's helmet. We like that. You shared bats. Remember, there there were two helmets usually in the bag. There was the helmet that everybody else wore. And then the giant helmet that a kid like me had to wear. <laughs> the, the big head kid. The kids. big head kid, yeah. But the, well, and in fact, that equipment bag, we put in the helmet that I wore <laughs> afterwards. Well, there were more than two helmets, of course. You have to have at least four. We never we never got more than one runner on base. Well, so. yeah, yeah, when you got the second, you yeah. took off your helmet. But you know what? No kid ever had batting gloves. Maybe if your dad golfed, you could steal or borrow his golf glove. But I don't. I don't remember that. No kid had batting gloves. No kid owned their own helmet. No kid owned their own bat. Most didn't own a, a ball that they brought to practice. You came to practice wearing your cleats with your glove on your hand, and that was no, it. No, no. You came to practice with your glove on the handlebar of your right. bike. Right, In your cleats, in my case, in plaid Farrah slacks. <laughs> The well, T-shirt that was issued by the Bloomington Athletic Association, the Ba League, and the Blooming, Bloomington Athletic Association BAA hat, that every team had the same patch on their hat. The hats were different colors depending on what team you were on. First of all, you are in the AARP if you're calling them slacks. That's no one what calls they call them, them. No one calls them slacks. I, they're called pants. They're called is this pants a now. Thing, in the, no, or is in the 1970s, Farrah plaid d- what slacks. What is Farrah? Pharaoh was in the 70s both a pant and a Charlie's Angel. Okay? <laughs> I had the pant. How did you how, how is that spelled? F A R A H, I believe. Okay. Farrah the Farrah Fawcett Majors is, has two Rs. 
I had to look at that poster next to my brother's bed. You had for, to look well, at I that mean, poster. I, I did, and and it was her facsimile signature was on it, so I know it was two R's and Farah. But the other thing was didn't exist when we were kids on major league players as it does now. Were the 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 shield, the armor, the the elbow shield, the the uh, ankle shields that the kids wear. And I remember two years ago when our son was seven, six or seven, playing in a game. I was watching. And a kid hit a double, stand-up double, comes steaming into second base, calls for time, Vel- unvelcros his Evo Shield Kevlar elbow protector, summons the middle-aged first base coach to second base. The guy jogs out there. He hands him the elbow shield, and the game resumes. This kid had just hit a double off a tee. <laughs> So exactly what was he protecting his elbow from? I don't know, but it's all about mimicking the big leaguers. And I wanted to do that as a kid, too. I put a buttig pressed salami, sliced meat, not packaged meat. We talked about an earlier podcast, but sliced meat into my cheek, into my right cheek to mimic Rod Carew's chaw of tobacco. Rod Carew wore red batting gloves. We did everything we could to find a red golf glove to mimic that on the playground. But I sure wasn't wearing batting gloves in a game, and I wasn't even allowed to chew. To, this was before Big League Chew. That's how old I am. Big League Chew didn't start until 1979. We had to press salami, pastrami, sliced lunch meat into our cheeks to mimic tobacco and then spit the salami juice. It's not a Little field. League podcast until we've talked about pressing salami. <laughs> That's true. Packaged meat and pressed salami. Well, you know. There's a title for this one. And then in the in, in basketball, it used to be, you know, you wore whatever shorts and a T-shirt that you had and um, basketball shoes. That's the only thing you needed, basketball shoes and a basketball if you were home. Now, when kids show up, they've got not only the knee pads, but kind of the knee sleeves, the one that go from your mid-thigh down to your mid-calf, socks pulled up, wristbands, elbow like the Allen Iverson. And when you say socks pulled up, these aren't just tube socks like I had. No, they're no. like protective whatever. They're, they're, and, um, those, they're those, you know, KD, they're, yeah. they're when, multicolored. Sometimes they feature Larry Bird's oh, right. you embroidered get, face on the sock. Not Larry them, in their case. You can get yeah. them personalized yeah. to have your own face on the socks. But it's generally, in at least in basketball, the amount of gear is in inverse proportion to your level of skill. That If I was a kid, and that's kind of what I hope our kids would be, would be the ones who show up in like tattered shorts and a t-shirt and whatever shoes, but you go out there and you've got more game than anybody else on the court. That's what you'd want to be. Like the kids who can come out and, and look like they've just been plucked from the YMCA in 1980 to go out there and just kill them on the court. But that's not what it's about for these for these kids and and. If our, if our daughter wants knee pads for basketball, absolutely get them because, you know, I want her diving on the floor for loose balls and that sort of thing. She starts coming at me with, I want elbow pads or this, this. Heck no. Or walking into the gym, the Catholic grade school gym as an eight-year-old wearing beats. Right. <laughs> as if the TNT camera crew is walking backwards, you know, right. f- uh, videoing well, you coming from the parking lot. there probably is a parent there walking maybe. backwards, you know, putting this on Insta story or on their... Uh, on their Facebook feed, you know, but junior's it, first day of seven-year-old basketball. Invariably, if this kid is getting on your nerves after the game, their mother or grandmother is pushing that child towards right. you because <laughs> oh. you coach, coach our team. 
to get a picture or an autograph. Oh yeah, that was the uh, the the parent last year who um, talked to me after a game and said, "This was after a sixth grade basketball game. Sixth grade basketball game." And the parents said, do you think my daughter has what it takes to play at the next level? And I was thinking, and what I should have said was, you mean seventh grade? <laughs> <laughs> but of course, they were talking about yes. Division One major college basketball. Does my child have what it takes to play at the next level? And wow, that one threw me a little bit for a loop. And what did you say? I said, no. <laughs> I did not say no. I said, does your kid love playing basketball? If they love playing basketball, they're going to be outside working hard on it every day and they're going to get better and they're going to have a chance. But um, the parent also talked to me about getting a personal coach and I said, I'm, I'm kind of opposed to that. Uh, you know, not opposed to that, but it's just as important to be playing with other kids so you learn how to play the game and not just how to dribble and shoot. Basketball is a team game for a reason. So if you get personal coach just make sure your kid is also out playing with other kids at recess or pickup or whatever so that they can learn how to play but and and oof. it would help if your kid grew a foot and a half <laughs> yeah yeah that that would that would help any any child as well so uh yeah and, and and the funny thing is too you talk about the gear like the kids you know the 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 baseball bags they have now where you can put two bats in it you know that's like your jet pack on your back and right. the two bats are coming up and the kids will come and Every game, they've got their two bats, and inevitably, they end up borrowing one of their teammates' bats anyway. <laughs> and why the two bats? Are you in danger of breaking one of your <laughs> titanium bats? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You'd have to put that thing in an, an industrial press. I don't think uh, bunting in your softball game is going to damage the bat. Yeah. But. I think we are officially old people because we're we're complaining about, we were in my day. We were officially old people when you started getting the... ARP cards, and I started getting what, what's what's the memorabilia? Oh, I get uh, legends of the past. Le- legends of the past. That's right. I get letters from legends. You know what? Legends of the past. They ask me if I want to send them stuff that they can then sell. That's what I do with the female jockstrap. That's what I do with the faded '95 shirt. Everything that people return to me, I can send to Legends of the Past and see if there's a market for it's it. It's like something you would see in the, in the old Sky Mall catalog. From not quite dead, <laughs> the signatures of in this instead of game worn, fan worn. This is a fan worn shirt. Instead that of game worn, it's time worn. <laughs> I think that's what we are at this point. We are an old married couple, and as such, I wanted to bring up something just because I drove the kids to school this morning, and noticed you had had the minivan all day yesterday. And when I went to drive the kids to school today, I noticed that oh, the no gas. there was no gas. Yeah. Gas was on, on empty. Sorry about that. Well, it, I'm used to it. And I don't mind pumping gas in the rain as I did this morning. That's my gift to you, since I don't give you any other tangible gifts. But it got me thinking about our strange division of labor that was never discussed uh, when we got married, but it just seems to have evolved over time. So I know when I return in the morning that the exterior lights of the house will still be on. I'm not sure you know where those light switches are or how they function. But if somebody's going to turn on the lights at night outside the house and turn them off later, I'm the one who does that. I know there's a much longer list that you're going to recite to me. Well, it's just comical. The whole, the whole fact that you can 
put on a little tiny list all the things that you do around the house. No, 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 no. You, I, I, you, you get gas on occasion. I, I often fill the gas tank. I do. I, I, I dispute that. Okay. You do always turn off the light simply because I don't think of it. When I come downstairs in the morning, it's still dark outside, so the lights are still on. I simply don't think of it. I just don't want anybody coming, leaving portraits of you on our driveway. <laughs> so I leave the motion detector light you on. You leave the lights off. But, I mean, the things that you just think happen. Wait, wait. My list wasn't over. Well, I, I'm, I'm I, starting with mine. I have the a things, much longer list. The things that you think just happen in this house is unbelievable. So, so you might, like, complain about, oh, you know, we've got a really busy schedule tonight. This kid's going here. This kid's going there. Like I've never said, oh, we've got a really well, busy schedule. But, but you will complain about something like that, and I, I see, you, I silently you would, simmer about if, that. If if I was not here, you would first of all, you would have no idea how to sign our kids up for stuff. I'm they not even on the email list that tell me when the kids' games are or anything. I rely on you to post it on the big board. Yeah, in the I write this stuff down, but you would have no idea how to sign our kids up for little league. You would know I have no idea how to sign them up for basketball leagues. You would know have no idea about any of that. You just think this stuff happens, like being. A manager of a house which is what most women most moms are is a really it's a full-time job especially when you have multiple children so if I have to all right this kid wants to do this activity this wants to do another you have to figure out the exact times that fit in with the grand scheme of the schedule of the house I mean that's a huge job you have no idea let me ask you this no no no, no. <laughs> let me ask you this what size clothes do our children wear the only way you would know is because you do fold clothes. But what size clothes what size clothes does Rose wear? Twenty five years ago, no. George <laughs> George H. W. Bush was fascinated by the beep the scanner at the supermarket. He had never seen one before, and he'd been CIA director for the previous twenty years, and it became clear that he had not been in a grocery store in his adult life. A goal that I'm going for, by the way. But so he didn't know the price of milk or a loaf of bread. The only reason I would know what size clothes our kids wear, and I can't recite that off no the top idea. of my head, no, no idea, is because I do fold clothes. And occasionally you fold clothes, but I've noticed, and I'm sorry to bring this up in this forum, but if not now, when, that you will sometimes fold the clothes except for mine. Well, and I also <laughs> noticed more recently, and if this wasn't passive aggressive, even more passive aggressive, I don't know what it is, I noticed recently that you made. Your half of the bed. I, well, if I made ha my half of the bed, that was only so I could fold clothes on it and I was in a hurry. But if you're going to get upset that when I folded clothes, I didn't, I didn't fold yours. That means I folded five people's clothes but, but, and not the six. But, but, but why is mine the one you don't fold? Why not? Not fold because the other four kids need help with folding their clothes. Maybe not our older two, but our little two need help folding their clothes. Of course, I'm gonna fold my own. If your argument is that I'm doing five sixths of the work, then you're losing that argument every single time. No, no, and we're gonna bring up one other thing because on occasion you'll go to the grocery store and pick up a few odds and ends, but you don't ever do grocery shopping. You don't ever like write down a list or even take my giant list off the refrigerator and go and do like the full week's worth of grocery shopping. Do you shopping. think Newman's own frozen peaches just appear <laughs> in the basement freezer? Do you think microwave white castles just grow on trees? No, but thank you How to, do they get to our, our friend at Newman's own who sends us coupons so we can get some Newman's own pizza. But but this this is not this is not the thing. So 
when you're making a grocery list, you have to sit down, you have to plan out your week. All right, which nights do I need to put stuff in the crock pot because I'm going to be coaching the kids after school or whatever. So you make your menu, then you make your list, you meaning me. So I make the menu, then I make the list, then I go to the grocery store, then I come home, unload the groceries. You help me sometimes get them from the back of the car into the house, but then you'll go stand in the kitchen and talk to me while I put them all in the cabinets. Even though you know where they go, well, you just watch me do this. But let, no, let but me, no, 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 no. Let no, me no, ask no. you this. You do all of this. You do all of this stuff. But who takes the recycling to the curb every other Wednesday? <laughs> oh. Who wheels that thing and, out and there? And I so appreciate that. But this is what I want to get into. This, this is the thing that gets me, especially in the summertime. All right. So this night, we're going to have this meal. We're going to grill some stuff on the grill. So all right. We so, or I. Well, well, exactly. This is the thing. So I will go. I'll buy the meat. I'll buy the marinade, or I'll get the recipe. I'll marinate the stuff, put it in the fridge, and then I'll ask you to, to grill it. You go outside, put the food on the grill, open a beer, stay outside, even though during that eight minutes or ten minutes that the stuff it's is bliss. grilling, it's bliss. you could come inside and do everything else You know that needs to be done, setting the table, getting the sides together, whatever. But then you'll come in as if you're... As if you're a master chef who just made dinner. I am. You didn't make you've dinner. Always, you grilled, you've you grilled you the meat. You always beseeched me early in our marriage to get a man food. What is You still don't have I have a man, man food. food. Anything I grill is my man no, food. No, it's not. It I've purchased it. I've marinated it. Do you it. want me to go hunting and shoot the food? No, no. And when I, when I told you, I think every guy should have their man food. Perhaps... <laughs> Perhaps that's chili. So you have this one kick butt chili recipe you make. Perhaps it's ribs. Perhaps it's wings. Whatever it is. But it's the food where you can go to the market. You can buy the stuff. You marinate it. You you do your you do your man thing. You cook it. And so if I say, all right, I'm taking Friday off. I don't want to cook. It doesn't have to just be frozen pizza or ordered out pizza. You can say, all right, on Friday, I'm making my man food. I would just say and we'll, this. And we would all so appreciate I would just that. say this. Five or six nights a week, when you're in town, you get the kitchen all to yourself. This I so I, I wrangle the kids out of there. So you have that hour of of peace and quiet that, when you, when all you when all you have to do is listen to listen to your shake your laffy taffy on the Alexa <laughs> and make dinner. See, maybe maybe once every couple of weeks I get the joy of closing the sliding door and and grilling something. And that's maybe eight minutes, 12 minutes, depending on how is, big the burgers there's are. There's no truth to that because when I'm making dinner, the kids are sitting at the counter. They're doing homework. They're asking for a snack while I'm making dinner. They're doing this, that, the other. There's, they're asking for this, a snack while they're eating dinner. Yes, that's true. There's no fantasy world where either of us gets time to go in and do this. And by the way, I think she told me that Shake Your Laffy Taffy um, is a song that our children can't hear. So uh, I, I don't know the lyrics other than the chorus. So um, I am in no way condoning whatever the words and lyrics are in Shake Your Laffy Taffy. I should just throw that in there. I think it's my duty. Uh, it's incumbent upon me as a newly eligible ARP member to stand outside by the grill with my oven mitt on one hand and my grill implement in the other hand, flipping burgers and kind of being an old guy in a fanny pack. Well, I just like that. You complain about me doing five-sixths of the folding, doing five-sixths of the cooking, and 100% of so many other things. And yet, but, and yet, what you don't do, and that's what we're here to talk about. <laughs> what is, is it that I don't do? Ever, and I don't know why this is, you never run the disposal. <laughs> First of all. It'll be, it'll be 
up to the rim with eggshells and things, which I don't think they belong in the disposal. I think you throw those in the garbage. No, eggshells are good. They help clean it. But this is interesting to me because we didn't have one when I was growing up, but I've always heard it called a disposal. Yes, but it's not. It's if it's, you look at, the, but it's got one L. Dispose. You call it dis- it's a disposal. Is is one of the. But it has one L. So and you, actually, I think ours might be an incinerator. <laughs> it is an incinerator. Well, but why don't we call I it just, that? I think just think it's interesting that you and I. It's is it a Midwest thing that you call it a disposal? No, it's or a Midwest it just thing that you Russian run the disposal. That you 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 run it. I run it occasionally. You Never. you do you run the disposal the disposal. Well, you, let, you let's gas. just agree that we both else, sort of share know, what, the household else? responsibilities. You do those <laughs> oh, things. Equally, I do, as do long these as things, as so. long as we can agree that it is not an equal division of labor. Right. One thing neither of us does is change the air filters in our basement. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping we might get a special guest in the future to come change some air filters. He's going to he's going to tell us how to do that. Yeah, our friend Mike Golick. That's my pipe dream. Is um he was putting something on on Twitter, posting stuff on Twitter. He about, volunteered to, to change well, no, our air filters. It was because he, he was talking about changing air filters, and I responded, are those supposed to be changed? Because I don't think that you ever have or that you would know how to. And I do think that's kind of a man job. Well, I, you know, there are some things that I think are man jobs. That's why I let you take the trash out. That's why you take the trash and recycling. Not that I let you, but I ask you because, like, that's a man job. I think cooking can be a woman or a man job, but there are certain things that are man jobs. And... <laughs> Changing the air filter, um, if if anything needed to be done to the car, I mean, we would take it to the to the dealership. But if it could be done in the house, the, there's just certain things that are man jobs. I think that's horribly sexist, and I uh, don't think I should change the filters on that ground. <laughs> Which is why we don't have filters changed. But hopefully someday our friend Mike Golick will come over and change our air filter for uh, let's us. Let's hope it's not important. Quickly, before we go, I want to get to some viewer mail. I know people aren't viewing this, but it's a nod to the old Letterman show. Your sister, Rachel, in West Hartford asks, ask Rebecca. Now, we mentioned previously, you taught me how to drive a stick shift. Ask Rebecca who taught her to drive a stick shift. Okay, so my dad mostly did, but Rachel's friend, Renee, they were two years older than me. And um, when I was first learning how, she owned a... A little tiny car. I forget what kind it was. Subaru Justy. Yes, a Subaru Justy. They used to call it a beer can on wheels. And one day she was driving me home, and there was a this dirt road near where I lived. You know, in Southwick, Massachusetts, there's not a there's not a heavily populated town, and this particular road wasn't heavily populated either. She pulled over, and started to teach me how to drive down the street. My brother John in Chicago has two beefs with the show. One is that ball and chain is one thing. So it's not who is the ball, who's the chain. A ball and chain is one entity. What I say to John is the chain is attached to the person who has to then drag the ball. So I think we're on safe ground there. And you mentioned in in podcast number two that you did something that wasn't pre-planned. And of course, pre-planning is planning and, and that I should have and all over. If that had been said at my dinner table as a kid, we would have been pounced on. Or if somebody on TV said it, you would say the same thing. Well, then the last one is your brother Tom, part of Tom, Dick, and Harry. Tom wrote the theme song to Sings this. the theme song and with his wonderful the theme song. bandmates. But I saw on Facebook, he commented that uh, I think Rebecca owes me an apology because of the implication that he was a short dude. Because I said, if you're a short dude, you're going to be the low party in a hug. And I think he said shorter. Sh- and uh, he is... 
I thought 6'2". He, I think, claims that he's 6'3". So anyway, he said on Facebook that I owe him an apology. So, Tom, you are tall. You are handsome. I'm sure you're vir- <laughs> virile. <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry. Did you say feral? <laughs> feral and virile. And I'm sorry if I implied that you were a short man. With that apology, let's go now to Tom's voice singing our theme song, Tom, Dick, and Harry. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pad live in this cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.